Hi, I'm Lisa Morton, founder of Roland Dransfield PR. Welcome to We Built This City. With this podcast, I wanted to shine a light on the people who have put the heart into modern Manchester. You can build a city with bricks and mortar, but it's the people that make Manchester great. People like my guest, John Thompson. One thing I do love about Manchester is that I do have a good neighbour. In London, no one will talk to you. There is no kind of, you know, community spirit at all. John is the much-loved actor and comedian who's appeared in everything from Cold Feet to Coronation Street and The Fast Show. He's a man with many strings to his bow. As an incredibly accomplished actor, voiceover artist, musician, magician and singer too. John's returning to We Built This City for a second time. He was one of my very first guests when we launched in April 2020, just as we went into lockdown. He made us laugh then with his love of this inclement Manchester weather, why you shouldn't have gravy with your fish, and the power of being useful. He said one of his values to survive in this industry was not to be complacent or try and be good at something you don't love doing. We've been in touch over the past year and he made everyone laugh so much that I asked him to join me again to end season two. I really wanted to know how his values and outlook had helped him through the year of lockdowns. How did he keep his bush baby mass singer appearance a secret? How did he stay connected with his Manchester community? And how's his cooking coming on? Plus, I invited a special guest. John, thank you for joining me again on We Built This City. It's a pleasure. So you were an early mank on this podcast when I didn't really know what I was doing and now you're closing Ooh. this season, so thank you for coming on That's twice. Okay. <laughs> and you were my mum's favourite podcast of the whole the whole two seasons and we've got my mum Carol here today Lord with special us. special guest, I love we that. We have. <laughs> the first go. time we've ever had another guest on We Built This City and I actually think she's done her own fair share of building this city. Born and bred Mancunian from Levenshume, so a rightful place at the table and I'm hoping we're to persuade to be a guest of your own next season well, what do you think do you fancy it mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll think about right okay. you've got a couple of months oh, no pressure <laughs> no pressure so in April 2020 at the beginning of lockdown we'd only done a few episodes of the studio and obviously you were the, one of the first ones John and I had to come to your house with the sign that we that's got right the city sign. a socially distanced photograph <laughs> so you dropped the sign off I I think my daughter photographed me in my back garden yeah. and then I, I gave you a ring and you came and got the sign off me. <laughs> but we were all so terrified. We thought we even like if we actually looked at somebody, we were going to get COVID in those Was days. Was the sign industrially <laughs> cleaned afterwards? <laughs> yeah, so we did. We did wind it down, sprayed it in the back garden. But what was going through your mind in those times, you know, as an actor then when you thought filming might stop, what was it like for you? I had a sense that early on that something big was coming and I realised that one bit of advice I could give to anyone is don't be a one-trick pony. Mm-hmm. And one thing I realised when I became an actor is it's such a precarious profession that you cannot survive alone on just being an actor. It's like, you know, it's like any other profession. Try and hone some of the skills to your skill set because, for me, voiceovers have always been bread and butter for me they've not always they're a means to an end sometimes they're not the most rewarding they can be a bit tedious not so much these days but when i did advertising commercial work that's very lucrative but i tend to do a lot more i think it's because my voice is all a bit more mature now i tend to tend to do a lot more narratives for documentaries Mm -hmm. um so 
But if you're listening, uh, Sue Terry voices, a few more commercials will go on this, actually. <laughs> anyway. We pay well. Or anyone else listening who needs a lovely, warm voice, Northern Velvet for your product, I'm here. So, uh, enough of the plug. I always planned to turn the, the little box room in the basement, in the cellar, into a voice studio. And I asked my old voice agent, should I do it? And they went, well, no, you don't need... Because I'm so in Manchester, I'm so close to so many other facilities that I can go into, like Media City or mm. in town or here. Um, they said that's for people who live way out in the sticks, you know. So um, I never did it. Then I realised things were gaining, really starting to gain momentum, and I thought, right. And the first thing I did is I went to Leon's Fabrics and covered a table in felt, like you know. <laughs> so that, yeah, yeah, that's the first thing. And asked them if they sold foam, sold foam latex to stick on the walls mm. to as a sound. And they said, we don't, but we know a man that does. And he was great. So he cut me this, and it was a nice sort of sparkly silver. <laughs> he went, I know exactly what you need. And he even gave me spray mount to stick it to the walls. So I did that, cleaned the whole thing out, cleaned it all out, got the spiders out, because there's quite a few. <laughs> and what it will have been, when it's a Victorian terrace, it will have been the coal hole. So there will have been a manhole cover above it where they, mm. where they poured the coal in for all the fires. So it's three foot by, three and a half foot by seven foot. That's all it is. Then I went online and had to source mic, decent microphone. Um, thankfully, I had a decent Mac computer. Anyway, it's paid dividends. So eventually, after so much kind of toing and froing constantly, you know, can you do another test with, to link up with the studio in London that I do police interceptors with? Mm-hmm. Eventually, we, we still have a few teething problems, I won't lie. Anyway, I work remotely from home and do police interceptors and ultimate police interceptors. Still go into studios mm. because... Some some companies ask for it, you know. But what a lifesaver. Yeah. But that was because I kind of had the foresight to think, well, how... Because acting-wise, mm. it all dried up, everything. Mm. I mean, God help theatre actors I know. and musical theatre actors because they're still, they've still not. No. I think it's August. Yeah, I remember hearing on the first thing that I heard was that Broadway was closing down, then that's when I thought, oh, my God, and that's Just, the first thing when it really hit me what was happening. yeah. It's a, it's unbelievable, really. But I don't know how it's going to work when they go back with the... I don't know whether it's going to be the original seating with a mask After on. the 21st of June, apparently, I've booked for a couple of shows in Have London. You? And then at Royal Exchange in Manchester, they've... they've and Just normal seating. Yeah, and you said on the last podcast that having a gig economy, you've got to have all different strings to your bow, totally. so you can't... And that's Yeah, you that's can't key, be complacent it? with your yeah. one skill, yeah. even if you're brilliant at it. Mm. Also, if your skill is spotting a hole in the market an entrepreneur mm. it's all very well setting up that but look at Richard Branson even when you're right at the absolute top mm. it's gonna because mm. like the air industry yeah the two things I've learned that I think you can't be in these circumstances is a one trick pony mm. and complacent you've got to try yeah. and you know so Always anyone listening try and I don't know I think that's the way it's going to go more now, though, like literally probably more portfolio careers. And, and you do have to think about that side hustle, don't you? Yeah. Which is- well, I think kind of a flip back to the cottage industry where people might be creative at home, yeah. like crafty. There's you so know. much of that, wasn't there? People yeah. making all kinds of stuff, yeah, weren't yeah, they? To in sell, art to yeah. sell. Yeah. But you've been really busy. I mean, even you have acted, haven't I you, did, in the last yeah. 12 months? When we went into the tier system, everything seemed to relax a little bit more. It was such a kind of... It was that unfair thing, wasn't it? It was kind of, <laughs> yeah. why have they got... Do you know what I mean? What, it, Liverpool? <laughs> well, yeah, mainly Liverpool, yeah. It was like, kind of Hard like... But, for a man I read reading recently, they said, all wars start from someone wanting what someone else has got. <laughs> and I just thought, oh, God, that's the last thing we need. 
Um, so <laughs> the tier system came into effect. And then my first job, it really is feast or famine, my work. So I hadn't done any drama. And my agent went, you're not going to believe it. You've got four jobs coming, of which I could only do three. Now, in the old days, pre-pandemic, we could have, I could have maybe worked out a deal where I could have done the other job and jumped between mm. shoots. So unfortunately, I had to turn down Grantchester, which was a bit of a shame, really because uh, I like working with Robson. But the funny thing was, I died in part one. <laughs> and they wanted me for a really long period, and I couldn't think why. I said, well, I didn't see many flashbacks, you know. I just, I, I really thought I could do them all, you know. <laughs> so anyway, I had to say no to that. So I ended up doing MacDonald and Dodds, mm. which is an ITV show with Jason Watkins. And uh, that's in over in, in Bath and Bristol. So that was my first job, and it was all a bit weird. The food you had to order, like, in a week in advance. Like, you know, like, like mums have to fill out the school dinners for the kids at the start of the week. Anyway, I had a wardrobe fitted, and I went, oh, my God, I've gone up a way size. Anyway, the next day I went on the paleo. Oh, did you? So everything I ordered on that menu was salads. <laughs> yeah. And the great thing was, the food was cold anyway, so I... What a brilliant, what a stroke of luck for me. Because I was going, this spag bowl's ice cold. And I'm going, oh, my Caesar's fine. So um, <laughs> I was all right on that. I was a little bit all right, Jack. The only problem with that was we shot in Froome in Somerset. And it was an hour from the hotel in Bristol. And it was an hour there and an hour back in the day. So when you've wrapped, you go, Phew. But then there was the bubbles. We had to like work with one group of people. Then there was a, a break, and then we could then be reintroduced to that other team. So scheduling for the for the shooting must mm. have been a, a double nightmare mm. for the people, especially with all the COVID protocols. So I got that, and then I did in the middle. I did Alan Partridge, yeah. which was just That's on so recently. So funny, I saw that. Yeah. Now, well, we've not done Cheeky Monkey since. 26 years ago. Is that ago. the same monkey? Yes, yeah, I kept it, you know. <laughs> Obviously, you they got said he can have it. I went, all right, I've kept it. God. So that is ex that is the same oh. one that I used on the so original show. how old show. is that then? How old is monkey, monkey now? He's 26. Is he really? Yeah, he yeah. doesn't look it. He's older than me, kids. You've aged worse than he has. I have. He looks really good, but I've looked after him and look after stuff, mate. He's mint, you know. If you ever sold it at an auction, I don't think I would, you know. I'd give him to a comedy museum or something. So we did that, and that was hard work because the wig didn't turn up, and then, thankfully, Wig Creations was opening the pandemic lockdown, and I was like, oh my God, why is, why is a theatrical wig shop open? That's strange. Good wig. The show must go on. Mm. So, But we had to match the mullet for Joe back in the original yeah. thing. So we did that, and then it took a while to shoot. We, we, I'd stayed another night, and we shot it. Anyway, we got it done in the end. So we did that, and that's just gone out. So Cheeky Monkey Joe Beasley, that... Like I say, to reintroduce a character after 26 years of absence on TV, that's quite interesting mm. to do. And then I did Midsummer Murders, which was yeah. a bucket list job, because yeah. I've always wanted to do it. Yeah. So, yeah, I did that and thoroughly enjoyed that. But one thing that I found, and I spoke to my mate Chris Gascoigne, he's in Corrie, that seems a little odd in COVID protocols, camera rehearsal with a mask on, take with a mask off. Now, I don't really see the difference. Mm. I know they're trying to minimise the risk, but to be honest, if you work instinctively like I do, if you're looking at a face with no expression and just eyes, mm. one, you forget what the actor looks like, <laughs> so they go, oh, that's what you... I complete Because I don't really know. I'm not the, these yeah. aren't like regulars in cold yeah. feet, you know. I go, oh, my God, that's what you look like. And then I see what faces they're 
how they react. I'm going, well, I didn't see that coming. I just, <laughs> I know, it's, it's very weird. strange. So really, that needs to be addressed. Yeah. I think re- camera rehearsal should be without mask mm. because I think if you look closely at actors on a take on some dramas uh, currently, there's a slight look of shock on their faces. <laughs> well, you can see that or, now. Or, what she's going, what, what, you know what I mean? But I know a lot of soaps haven't addressed the fact they haven't they incorporated the pandemic into it. No, they it. haven't, have no, they? Yeah, yeah. I think strange. that's quite good. I quite it's like good, that. It's good, because you get sick to death of it, so it's nice to get a break, I suppose. I, if I was to return to stand-up, which is it's not really... I mean, I've kind of served my apprenticeship with that, but there are people asking if I'm interested. I think I would like to offer a COVID-free set mm. with no references. Yeah. Because I'm just yes. like, I think we've had enough, yeah, we haven't have. we? We've have had enough. Have you had enough, Mum? Have you had enough? Yeah, I don't mind it. I'm very grateful for memes on WhatsApp. There's been some absolute belters. <laughs> I and I, but it, there was a huge surge at one point where all my meme mates were bombarding me. And do you know what? I never got the, never got the same one twice. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Kind of like I've got quite good uh, brokers who, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> who kind of seem to know, where, you know, what what's doing the rounds and what to back off it's on. It's a full-time job trying to manage your WhatsApp thing there, wasn't it? At yeah, times I got but I, I, I kind of like... Yeah, it's funny how there was a surge of those and they've kind of backed off a yeah. bit now, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. We're, over, we're over that too. But tell us about the mask singer because oh, in lockdown one, Nina and her boyfriend came back from Guildford and I'd not even met the boyfriend and I thought it's for a few weeks. I said, bring him back. And it was obviously over three months and both of them are singers and musicians and we sat down and watched that and they were both, what the hell is this? Yeah. We were just couldn't get our heads around it, mm. but then by the second one, we were all like totally into yeah, it. Yeah, it's a massive hit. How huge hit. And you were you a bush fortunate. baby, weren't you? So how did that come baby. about? And, and I saw the, the girls' reaction when you right. when they saw it. So was you. let me work on the timeline of this. So I spoke to you last in April mm. of this year. This year. This year. Yeah. This well, year. We, yeah, this year because we did we had the thing at the Andy Burnham's. That's right. Yeah. But I spoke to you on this show. Oh, last yes, this show, 2020. Last we did, yes. Yeah. So I did Mass Singer in the August, this August, September, late August, oh, okay. early, septem- right. early September yeah. of last year. Yeah. So the only people that knew was my partner and my ex wife, because I had to tell my ex wife, because she'd go, Well, what are you doing? And I go, Well, I'm not telling you. It was <laughs> like, Well, she'd think, What the, uh, yeah, you know, my partner, what well, I'm not telling you. She'd go, You're having an affair, are you? And I go, Well, no, I'm not, you know. So. <laughs> Originally, they asked me to do the first show. Now, a bit of background: the show is odd. Mm. It's a Korean show. It is. Yes, it I comes know that. from Korea, mm. so you can sort of. Yeah, I can, when I kind understood of that, see, I kind of got it. Yeah, yeah. you get that. So yeah. the first series, because everyone was used to Britain's Got Talent and X Factor, it was a little bit of a whoa, what's this? Mm. You know. So I got asked to do it, the first series, and I was doing Cold Feet, yeah. and they wouldn't release me. And even that was an IT because sometimes you think because you're under the, under the same studio ITV that they'll they'll give you some lever, but there was no way. So, but the only difference being, on the first show ever, you got to choose what you were, and I wanted to be a monkey. So of anyway, <laughs> but I didn't get to do it, and there wasn't a monkey. So anyway. <laughs> So yeah, and Mass Singer then. So what the girls were couldn't believe they were completely surprised. Well, I saw that on Instagram. Yeah, that was great. That wasn't it because I'd seen Denise do that. Denise Van Outen did that with yes. her daughter. That yeah. reveal and yeah. it was brilliant. Yeah. And I just it was such a magical moment. Yeah, they said try and get your daughters. You know, but so my subterfuge for going to London. 
Oh my God, Lisa, it's such a lonely job. I tell you, it's the hottest, loneliest job I've ever done. <laughs> because you have to be, you picked up, I had a nice hotel in London that thankfully was open. Uh, I was picked up and in the car was a visor, a hoodie with don't speak to me on it, black gloves. Uh, I wore black joggers, so I was all in black and black trainers, so... Um, but and then it's like a ski mask underneath the thing, mm, the visor. Okay. So the visor was kind of like polarized, so you couldn't see through it. But there was extra tape on it as well. So everyone who was a singer on the show looked the same. Yeah. Um, when you arrived and left, but when you were in your dressing room, there were only two runners that were assigned to you that knew your identity. Yeah. So you just had the names of the characters on the doors, and that was it. But no, you were just. But you weren't allowed to leave that time. I mean, they weren't like lavish dressing rooms where no. they weren't kind of like you know. It <laughs> yeah. weren't like it wasn't like uh, big rider in there. <laughs> it wasn't like J Lo, you know. It was just like there wasn't even a telly in there, you know. So it was kind of they bring you your food and you'd wait, and then you'd sing. You'd hear other people practicing. Think mm, maybe could you I... guess? Did you take a guess on who some of the people? I were? knew there was a professional black male artist on the show because I heard him warming up, um, and. Uh, and it was Neo. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you know it could... You... I didn't know it no. was him, no. No, he was know. amazing, no, wasn't No, I he? didn't know. But when I watched it, because don't, you don't really see... You don't see anyone. But also, Entourage, we're the same as you. Don't speak to me mm, and all that. Right. But sometimes in the corridor, I could spot the Entourage over the acts because you're so glad to see another person. And you give them a thumbs up and they go really excitedly <laughs> give you the thumbs up back. If it was Entourage, they were so kind of up themselves. Right. It would blank you, oh, and I just nice. thought, "Oh God!" But at first, I thought, "God, they love themselves. They do." Well, why don't, they, why don't they even give me a, a little wave? But it was like the management, you know. Mm. So when I saw it, I kind of like I had a quite a, quite a good idea who some people were. But before that, um, well, the first one went out, and the kids were like, "Onto me." Or a, yeah, because they kind of like could hear my voice in the singing. Yeah, I think it was Tom Jones. I did. Yeah, and they kept calling me Bush. All right, Bush baby. Oh, did I'm like, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they made they know me so well. Yeah. But what I realised was the the thing about that show: if you don't see any playback of yourself performing, more is so much more because you're kind of you know when Disney characters do all mm. the over exaggerated gesticulations, you've got to really give it some, or you'll just look. You know, lost like, in that costume. Yeah, as well. you're just lost, mm. really. I mean, if you have a massive costume, you're stuck. Like Lenny's blob, all he could do is wave <laughs> his hands in front of his. You couldn't do much more than that. Did you have no influence at all on what you were getting? I got a choice of three, right. but through two of the others, one was Alien, yeah, and one was uh, Seahorse, and I went no. And, but they, I know that we're trying to make me do. <laughs> they were trying to make me feminize. Got to be careful in that with this day and age, though. <laughs> They were trying to make me, uh, to throw them extra extra f- off the scent. It was to kind of maybe make them think maybe I was, with a voice changer, I was a girl. Mm. But that would have meant kind of change the walk. But I had enough on my plate as yeah, it was to try and kind of there. pretend to be a, <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like a cross between RuPaul and the Masked Singer. I didn't even know what a bush baby was. <laughs> but they said to me, it wasn't a show, it wasn't a singing competition, which isn't true, really, because mm. Joss Stone won it. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, but that one thing that I did do was I made sure that the subterfuge that I created for it was strong enough. So that's why the Aussie 
and that what's what threw everyone off. Mm. Now, I think that axiom's pretty much pretty good, really. Mm. But that I mean, I think that when the judges when it's a terrible Australian accent, it was more like I don't know who this is. <laughs> <laughs> you know? We had a guess, you know. We don't. We had a little bit of. A, we thought it was you. Did you? We watched it. Yeah. Yeah. I thought yeah, it was yeah. you. But I love well, the, the girl, costume because yeah. it had so much appeal. It's the big eyes. Yeah. Because I wanted a monkey and I got a bush baby. Yeah, it's the nearest near thing I could it, get. Nearly, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so how did you feel when you actually got to what you were going to do? Well, I thought I missed out last time, so I thought I'd do it. But do you know what? I was in a creative drought at the time. Mm. I I didn't do those other jobs that I just mentioned till later in yeah. the year, right near, just before Christmas. So I was chomping at the bit to do something, you know, and it's a bit different. And to be honest, no one knew I could sing, really. The last time I'd sung on television was Fame Academy for Comic Relief in 2001. Mm. So 20 years ago. But I started a musical theatre. Yeah. And sometimes I'll get up on karaoke. Um, <laughs> since I got sober, it's one of those things, it's kind of boxes that ticked. <laughs> it, there were three boxes I wanted to tick, and I've ticked two out of three. One was a Donnie Kebab, which tastes great, actually, sober. Well, when you're drunk, you don't know you've had it, do you? It's no. just the fat on your sweater in the morning. <laughs> So Donny Kebabs, I thought, oh, God, well, you know, I don't, don't drink anymore. Can I still eat? Uh, yeah, they're great. Two, karaoke. Yeah. I've done that. Dancing, no. Right. I'm not really. Oh, because I was going to ask me a question because my mum's obsessed with Strictly. Okay. Would you not consider? I can dance, but I don't enjoy the process of learning mm. it. Uh, I like the ones I've... If I could instantly, like the Matrix, if someone could plug me in <laughs> and teach me the cha-cha-cha, I'd do it. But the actual process of the choreography and mm. going over it and over it... My theory on Strictly is this. I cannot... I had to look at the big picture of it. So, depending on your partner and how hard they work, it's down to them. Mm. It's, say, two hours a day, six days a week, dance practice for a minute, minute and a half Mm. TV. Live, terrifying. Mm. I can't justify it. Mm. I can't... I don't want to put that kind of graft in for so little airtime. So... (laughs) The answer's no, that's oh. why, really. Oh, I don't have a passion for dance. <laughs> Are you gutted, Mum? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I started going ballroom dancing. Right. And of course, I didn't have a partner. You know, lots of other people did. So I always danced with the owner of the dance studio, yeah, yeah. Ronald. And um, he tutted a lot at me. Oh, but it made you feel like he put you in the right places at the right time. I did it and it was lovely. But then... The next week you go and just back to square one. Yeah. You know, what was your favourite? What was your, would you play your joker on if you were to, to dance? What would you say is your best dance? I like the tango. The tango, okay. Mm. Right. It's really nice, yeah. Yeah. And Paso Doble. Paso Doble. Yeah, that's my yeah. favourite. I used to drum in the working men's clubs, you see. Oh, So I, I know you? all the I know all the rhythms. Yeah. Everything from the rumba to the samba to the mambo, so. Wow. So I learned all those. But I would watch Fred and... Every club has a Fred and Ginger and they bring the shoes and everything. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and um, they'd always say, me fox trots were too fast <laughs> and me quick steps were too slow. I love it. So... Uh, <laughs> so you're not going to do Strictly, that's a bit of a bummer. No, any, but any... they are bringing out the masked dancer and they asked me oh, yes, of about I saw that. that. And yeah. I said, what do you think of that? And I said, I think it's a ridiculous oh. idea. And I said, what's next? The masked chef. Oh. <laughs> you could the, do that one. Just you could do that. He's rolling about the masked DIY expert. <laughs> do you know what I mean? The, ma- the masked painter. 
<laughs> Honestly, that's the problem with the franchise. They, is they get a hit and they think, right, now what? Where are we going to go with this? It's just ridiculous. The masked builder. You can see that anywhere anyway. Well, talking about food, though, that's been another massive feature of your last 12 months, hasn't it? I've, it goes uh, beyond banana bread. <laughs> it do- Yeah, I know. You got really good, haven't you? Well, we did the restaurant kits. Mm. Yes. Nico was tough. Digital, right. One of the hardest. Yeah. Pollen Street Social was easy nice. compared there. Mm. That's a Michelin starred. Yeah. Did a few. We did um, North Coat. Yeah. Uh, but if you've got if you've got a basic skill set in the kitchen anyway, so you're all right, really. But mm. Nico, it's the fine components mm. because there's I did the chip shop. Nico does the mm. chippy. Mm. It looked like it looked on the oh my god <laughs> pictures. Well. I was so tired after the fourth course <laughs> that we decided to have the the, the, the next two and the following day. We're sat in our pennies just like wiped. <laughs> you know what? It's those when they did like the Zoom ones. You had to join loads of other people on a Zoom call and all cook together. No, and I was no, like, I no, that I didn't. I was, I was terrified. I, I didn't join any. I didn't but do no, any of those. People don't know and they're going to no. see my kitchen and me I, cooking. I, I didn't do one of those, no. <laughs> My mum's very good at Malteser cakes. I've heard. Yeah. So heard we've all bit, got yes. a Malteser cake for every birthday. You're good, aren't you, at those? Is it, a, is, it a, is it a closely guarded recipe? Is it your own? Okay. It's closely guarded between mum and Betty Crocker. <laughs> Shh. We can edit that out. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm sure Betty's not listening. <laughs> And what have you been? What, and on the last um, episode, you were saying like you will not mix meat. And, well, I your, just said meat, meat and I, fish products. Really, I mean, listen, <laughs> there are there are dishes where uh, fish and cheese in the French classic gastronomic style that will are will work will work. However, I don't really hold much truck with. A, a beef gravy on a fish. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> really you know. offended, aren't fish you? and chips and gravy. I don't curry sauce. Yeah, because like I said, the goans have yes, curry. You know, yes, yeah. but I don't really that. Don't, I know. Do, do you know what that is? That's someone's drunk or greedy. It's, it's one of those two things. It's just you know, I'll have I'll have fish and gravy. I don't care. You know, it doesn't matter. But to me, it does matter. And uh, you know, try and readjust your palate. So. I've just had a brand new kitchen put in after dream. about 40 odd it's years. My dream. And it looks absolutely <laughs> stunning. But I don't know how to use anything. She's not even had the oven on. Have you got a boiling tap? Have I got one? A boiling tap. Well, the water's hot. Yeah, no, no, it's the loo thing, isn't <laughs> it? No, I've got a kettle. Okay. No, she didn't have that. No, no she didn't have that no, one. That's too the new thing, isn't it? There's a new school, one now that yeah. does them all. And it's got sparkling water. Water still. Oh, we used to have that no. years ago. Have you seen them? I won't. I'm getting a new kitchen soon. I want one of those. Still, yeah. still water, spark, cold and a hot. No, it's amazing. I don't know. Be careful, though. You've got to run, make sure the run, hots run through them. Oh, I made a souffle for the first time. Oh. I got a wonder. Interesting. Um, it was it was a tie-in restaurant box. It was called the Mother Box from Wonderland, and it was uh, to tie in with the Zack Snyder's recut of Justice League. So everything was themed around yeah. DC. Yeah. It was a burger, which was very nice. It was basic. It was a f- kind of fish and chip bite, which was Aquaman, and. Uh, um, Wonder Woman smoked marshmallows <laughs> and 
But then the centrepiece was the Superman Resurrection Moose, the souffle. Anyway, I've never made a souffle, but thankfully Debenhams had an incredible sale, mm. and unfortunately they've, they've kind of they've sadly bitten the dust. But what they, I did manage to get myself was a Kenwood Chef seventy percent off. <laughs> Well, it, it makes a mean souffle. You went you. off to buy that on that I day, know, didn't what you? I did. I just finished this, <laughs> hadn't did, I? Yeah. I went and went. I'm off to Debenhams to look for bargains, and I bought it. And the woman was so great. I don't know who the lady was, but if you're listening, best customer services I've ever had. I went. Oh my god, I'm parts at Piccadilly Basin. How am I going to carry this? And she went here. She went. I've got an Asda trolley. Here. It's not ours. She went. They've been delivering on it. She went. You can have that. Take it to your car and leave it in the car. Did park. you push that to the car? Yeah, I didn't tip it. Just push it in the canal, though. <laughs> <laughs> like my, like many people would have been tempted to. And I did. And I got oh, it to the car. God. And I've used it. And it made the best souffle. I've, I've thought. Oh my god. Because like souffles, like you've really. You know, don't open the door though. It's like Yorkshire puss. <laughs> yes, don't, no, open, don't just open the don't door. Open or the that Betty door. Don't open the goddamn door. <laughs> Leave it. <laughs> so one thing that you've not been doing is the is the cocktail zooms, have you? Because you've celebrated. Is it fourteen years sober? I was fourteen at Christmas uh, yeah. on the 29th of December, Amazing. and and Tony Hopkins, uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins, he's got the same sobriety birthday Has as he? me. But wow. uh, my mate Simon Day from the Fast Show. Oh, he went, congratulations on your 14, mate. He went, shame old Lecter put you to shame with 45. <laughs> so Tony Hopkins, 45, 45 yeah, years. Yeah, 77, he got sober. Wow. 77. Wow. And just won an Oscar, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's great. So it's, it's well. never too late to... Well, what an inspiration. Yeah, incredible. Three of my inspirations, mm. Lisa, are... Uh, the, the, I got sober at 38, and uh, three people that I, I know got sober at 38 were Tony Hopkins, mm. Al Pacino, and Stephen King. Right. So... Yeah. It was Stephen King got sober because of recycling. He looked at his brown bin and well, in one day he was writing, he looked out the window <laughs> and it was literally overflowing with bottles all around the base. Oh and he my went, God. Something's got something's not right here. That was it was like recycling came in and that's one of his, really? his kind of wake up calls. And Al Pacino, they call him Al Cappuccino because all he drinks is coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Great name. <laughs> but that recycling thing, we were saying that early in lockdown when the bottle collection day came round in our drive, it was like Weatherspoons after a bank holiday Monday. I mean, sound. it was the sound. Was, I was on a Zoom call. It was shattering, crazy. isn't it? It's one of the things that I, I lived in town for a while, a while at yeah. Deansgate Quay, and uh, they used to collect from Atlas. But yeah. weird times, 4am yeah. in yeah, the morning. Really early. Mm. And that, well, you know what it's like when you hit another one, a single one yourself, it's like, wing, <laughs> boing. And your ear goes, you can feel your eardrum vibrating. <laughs> that that sound, that, that kind of horrific waterfall of glass, yeah. is so incredibly loud. In, a, in all cities, it's that early. If you stay in any hotel, you can hear the bottle It makes me laugh, though, because everyone like, we, we can go out properly. <laughs> it's like, we can go out and get leathered. And went, yeah, get, not get leathered at home. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> it's like, it's only been a year, mm-hmm. but... I think the basis of it all has been uncertainty. Yeah. And that's been the worst part. Yeah. Because we've not really come across anything like this. No. Of this scale. No. It's just relief. Oh, it's Huge it's relief. Pent up, you know, isn't it? When they said they found and... a vaccine, I didn't believe them, actually. Mm. Because we'd had so much fake news. Yeah. I thought, oh, no. What a terrible thing to put out there. Mm. You know, like a joke. Mm. We've had so many kind of poor reportage on the whole thing. Very much so. That it was such a relief that we actually had it. Mm. But it's been hard for everybody, hasn't it? But particularly, I think, for 
like my mum, mum used to swim 100, um, I was say 100 miles and 100 <laughs> land three times a week, didn't you, before the pandemic, but she'd been walking two hours a day, haven't you, so you kept fit, but it's wow, really hard. It's, yeah, mum's kept it up, haven't you, but it's been difficult because, and for younger people like our daughters, you know, Olivia and Nina, yeah. and, and the young people who have just supposed to be having an amazing time at sixth form or of university. Course. It's your formative years, isn't it, mm. socially? Yeah, of course. Of course, it's part and parcel mm. of the development of mm. your character, really. When she started going out, mm. now I just like, oh, you yeah. know, I'm not going to yeah. clip your wings, go. No, no, and you're not going to be clipping her wings because she's off to university soon, isn't yeah, she? she is, but she's like, she's going to do the same as me, mm-hmm. drama. Well, she's done really well, you mm. know, so... Parenting over the past 12 months has been has been tough to watch your kids go through that, isn't it? And mum's expression's always been roots and wings, so you've got to give your kids the roots and the wings to, to let them go yeah, and do that. But it's not always true. easy, is it? No. Because you, know, you, you want to protect them, don't you? Well, the homeschooling thing was just chaos at first because it yeah, was like, do gosh, this yeah. at any time in the day. There was no real structure and it yeah. was just... It was a, impossible to adhere to. Mm. So we said, well, we'll do the, the, the fundamentals, maths and English, mm. but... As far as, like, blow up a balloon and float this silver boat in the sink, you know, I, I, I just well, I don't know. I thought that. you'd have been good at that. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's supposed to be fun science, isn't it? But um, then when they kind of got the Google thing, classroom thing yes, sorted, yeah. it was such a relief because that's what they need, structure, yeah. you know. And yeah. the parents need it too. Yeah, I don't envy any parent that had to go through that at all. I'm glad I didn't. I don't no. think I could have run the business and... No. And looks after two. No wonder the uh, the brown bins were full. <laughs> no, that is so true. <laughs> that is so true. Do you have brown ones in Disbury? Yeah, brown for uh, brown for bottles. Ours. What colour are yours? Black. You're black, are you? Mm. We're green for the garden. <laughs> yeah. But do you know what happens? I don't like. I'm I'm getting a bit of a. I'm becoming a bit of a grumpy old man bin man. Like they don't. The blues blues cardboard. Yeah. Is yours? Yeah. You know, when they just put a cardboard box in and they don't break it down. <laughs> yeah. And it's like there's loads of room for it. I leave the, I leave the lid me. up because it rains on it and then it just goes. I break it down for them who's done it so I can get my own stuff in. Because at the back, we've got a ginnel at the back, a back alley at the, you know, that runs behind yeah, the, the, houses, the terrace. Yeah. Yeah. So we all share those. Yeah. And the grey one is that for your house, you put in your own garden. You yeah. use that. But you have to, oh, you have to share a blue bin for a few houses. No, there's all the blue bins are there and oh, all I the see. green ones. And what we do is what's full, you, you just, we just yeah, all just put it, we don't just, mm. we're not one of them, oh, my number's on here, don't you dare, you know. <laughs> None of that. It's, it's very, there's a very socialist approach to it. <laughs> Except the grey. That's your bin and what goes in that is yours, you see. But it does frustrate me when a giant cardboard box is not just you do all you have to do is stamp on it and flatten it. Or just leave you just the lid put up. the whole thing in. Like that. Yeah, dead it's usually wine. Like, what, it's a usually wine. Box. Wine or beer. There you go. You go like, I'm not breaking that down. Forget it. And then clink into the brown. <laughs> You've got a really like close WhatsApp, like your road, haven't you? Though I mean, Didsbury, you're like you, we've, we've, had, we've got a neighbourhood watch, yeah, really, which yeah. is great mm. because we've. I recently had um, <laughs> yeah, well, no, tell us that story. I'm, I don't know if I can. I, dare, I don't. I don't want any. Uh, I don't want any. I don't. Uh, uh, a bit of a run in with a with a gutter anyway. Well, best not because I think he might come round again, and I'm, I'm frightened of him. <laughs> Someone came and did the guttering and then told me my roof was leaking and it wasn't and it was just a it was a con really, and um, I was I, I, I he said it was cash and it wasn't originally and then I said all right and he said he'd drive me to the cash point and I, and I agreed to get in the car. <laughs> I'm looking back now, I'm thinking what did I do that for? 
Oh my god! It could have been kidnapped. And then kidnapped. he put the price up at the cash point. Yeah, just before. Yeah. So, but I turned on him and I said, "Listen, you think you saw me coming? You didn't. You get your money for your gutter in. Nothing else." And he agreed. Give him his money, and he went. But fortunately, I alerted my neighbours mm. to the fact that there's someone trying to pull a fast one mm. here, which is great. Yeah, I think if you live in a one thing I do love about Manchester is that I do have a good neighbour. Mm. In London, no one will talk no. to you. There is no kind of, you know, community spirit at all. Mm. No one no one has anything to do with you. We always have it here, but there's been even more so now, hasn't there? I mean, like your mum's mum's group of neighbours, just ama- they've been amazing with you. Cul-de-sac. And I've always, I've been there 40-odd years, yeah, yeah. and the oldest person, you know, the, and um, friendly with, but um, somebody started a WhatsApp group, and it's just been amazing that every neighbour... They wave to you, they talk to you in it's the great. drive, and they've been fabulous. Yeah, it's brilliant. You're wonderful, mm. wonderful. They can't fault them at all. Mm. You've made most of them Maltese cake as well. No, no. Yeah, you've made a few. I was few. worried about it. I joined the WhatsApp group. I wasn't, yes. I wasn't on it before mm. because I was worried about net twitches, you mm. know, just going, who's that? Someone's there, yeah. you know, in the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah. It can but get it didn't, it, it was actually, it's become a very useful because a couple of people got it on my street and, and we all helped, we all mucked in. Oh, and really? Got Deliveries and stuff, that's yeah, really yeah. nice, yeah. And obviously, you were born and bred Manc. John was born in Hope Hospital, where my brother I was. I was born in Hope, but I wasn't bred Manc. No, you weren't. But you've come back, you, you've been, yeah. Kind of Didsbury full circle. Yeah. Dis- so yeah. I adopted Didsbury yeah. and lived Didsbury. Yeah. Well, tra- trainers at drama school in Didsbury. I'm living Didsbury. So I think Didsbury's, that's it now. I don't. You're not going anywhere else now. Well, unless I make millions and then I'll have a second home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see it at the moment. You know what I mean? I have to invent something. So what over would you say the last 12 months has made you proud to be a adopted, born, bred, whatever, Mancunian? We've seen so much great stuff, haven't we? You've done loads of stuff as well. I mean, you've done your bit for, for charity well, and helping honest, people um, out. I'll, I'll give you an example. I do do messages for people that, on a paid platform mm. on, a, on a couple of three or three or four platforms where you do messages for people's birthdays mm. or anniversaries or whatever and there's a lot of celebs do these now mm. and it's it's not expensive and um i did a few of them but also at the same time i had an incredible amount of charity requests for mm. these kind of things yeah and to keep my karma <laughs> intact mm. i'd never said no which sent me under a little bit yeah. I, will, I will admit it just got a bit much in the end you know can you do this can you do that will you do this um, and sometimes the 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 amount it was it was a bit like my, a bit like work it was feast or famine sometimes the the sheer amount of charity requests was a little bit overwhelming mm. but also the paid platform ones if they were nhs workers or nurses or doctors i wouldn't charge mm. i'd just waive it yeah because they were key they were, they were frontline and you yeah. know i wouldn't charge any money for that and um can you do this? Can you read this? I remember I was in, I was doing Midsummer Murders and they put me in a very nice hotel called the Latimer House De Vere. And there was, at the first night, it was only me in there. I felt like Jack Torrance in The Shining, <laughs> honestly. It was only me and this huge rambling estate, lovely country house hotel. And a day off for Midsummer. And I did nine Christmas charity messages that day, right? And this is the thing. And I said, oh, I said... And they, the staff were so lovely. They were, just, they were just glad to see some guests. Yeah. So only the cast were staying there. 
they went, we've got a Santa suit here that you can borrow. <laughs> anyway, because of all the protocols and everything, like your breakfast, they just leave it on the doorstep on yeah. a mat and, and it was like, you know, left in a, in a bag. Anyway, so I did this, a read room, they did a Grinch for some charity and then I did Christmas Carol for another one and a message and then a poem for another one. And I did nine that day. I remember it was my day off as well. And I had my car, but I just thought, There's no, I can't go anywhere. Mm. No one's open. Yeah. What, what am I going to do? You know? So I went for a walk and I did these. Anyway, they went, We'll sort it out for you. We've got one in, in the thing, the full gear. Anyway, <laughs> I did all these things. And they went, went out for a, for, to get a coffee. And it was in a bag outside. Well, they never knocked. They never told me that the Santa thing was there and it was perfect for some of the things I was doing. So I put it on and took some selfies <laughs> and put them on Instagram in case they were following me just to show. Because I was so grateful to them for fine sourcing it for me. But none of the messages, I had it on. So I put myself a picture of me on Instagram wearing it so that they thought, well, well, he's always definitely used it. <laughs> They weren't well, offended that you... No, we've gone to that trouble to that get trouble. it for me. Oh, um, oh never mind. The, but the yeah, that day, because I, I, I try, you know, you've got to, you've got to give to receive. It's funny though, charity, when you get paid, they just go, right, thanks, and they pay you. When you do charity things, you do it and you go, oh my God, that's took ages, and they ring you and they go, wasn't quite right, oh, can no, you do it again? No, and you go, no. on, <laughs> just a minute, and you're boiling Honestly, seem seem red mist. At least you're not. And I'm like, ah, of course I'll do it again. And I'm like, ah, ah, ah. at least you're not to do any of the black tie charity events no. where you get dragged. You drag, you mm. get selfies and the thing is sober. for that. Mm. The thing is though, if I'm kind of like patron of a few charities, and I've got an obligation as a patron to be to show me face at least once a year. Um. But yeah, I've got off the hook with those, haven't I? Yeah. yeah. Even Andy Burnham said to me, I'm actually looking forward to a black tie do. And he was at them like three nights a week at one point. So Really? Yeah. So you, you might even go to one and enjoy one, do you think? No. No. <laughs> no, 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 never. <laughs> Mum's done a lot of work for charity over the years, haven't you? Bleak Holt and fundraise. And we always give Mum all the stuff in our house that's actually rubbish. And then she takes it off, sips through it. And then we send her to the charity shops or the, the tip. <laughs> she don't, you don't mind, do you? No, I've been to more tips than anybody I know. I found a lot of suits that were like labels, you know. And I just went, you know, I was going to like try and find, it's, mm. you know, those people that buy premium. Yeah. I just took them to the... Did you take them to charity? Charity I know, absolutely. That's a thing to do, isn't it? Yeah. Totally. So the other thing we talk about, obviously, like when we spoke last time, was how supportive people have been. So, you know, the the importance of relationships. The last 12 months, I've made more friendships and more connections, I think, than I'd done kind of previously because we've all had to reach out and support each other. Have you felt that in your industry? There's there's only good can come from this because, Mm. you know, we, we kind of like... There's that kind of very uh, spiritual thing that we're one, you know, everyone is is one, you know, and that the yeah. earth is one organism and we're all part of that one thing. Well, mm. in this, in the outcome of this, I think that's very true mm. because without each other, we can't survive, you know, mm. and it, we've had to kind of like muck in together, you know. Loneliness worries me about certain people and I'd like to think that anyone that is lonely should reach out mm. or something, you know, I've always felt that, in these circumstances, that, that uh, if there's anyone that you know that's on their own, mm. just check in with them, you know, yeah. see if they're all right. But I, I do, 
But I'm genuinely uh, very positive and I kind of try and see the good in everything, really, you know, and then find a silver lining in the clouds. So there's been a lot of lessons learned from this, you know. Mm. It's probably the longest year of anyone's lives, you yeah. know. Yeah, but you can't uh, remember too much about it. Well, it's it. only a year. Yes, and like yeah. I say, what has been the horror of it all has been the uncertainty. Mm. Were we ever going to get out of it? Mm. You know, was it going to be like this forever? Mm. And it's not, you know. Mm. But it doesn't mean there won't be a, a version... We've got to be prepared mm. because it's interesting. I remember loving War of the Worlds, that album, you know, yeah, with course, uh, yeah. uh, Richard Burton, and, yeah. and but that classic H.G. Wells story. Yeah. And the reasons the Martians don't survive in on the Earth is the germs. It's mm. the germs that kill oh, yeah. them. And I thought, oh, my God, how kind of prophetic, yeah. you know, of H.G. Wells, the foresight yeah. to see... That it's just the basic germs on planet Earth that kill the Martians, not like artillery and and, no. and, and war and yeah. weapons. Yeah. Would you say, are you certain about going forward now? I am certain that um, I don't think I've been... I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm certain that I've not been microchipped by reptilians <laughs> and um, that I'm being... My every move is being... Uh, there are those that think this. You're bothered about your doorbell. <laughs> well, I am. I'm worried about my survey. My my. But you know what? What what kind of you know? It's like everyone goes, "Oh, Amazon Echoes listening to you," and I, I have got one of them camera doorbells. But but it's very useful. But to be honest, though, what is MI6 going to do with someone from Amazon going, "Hello, mate. Hello. Are you in? What's MI6 going to do with that? Really?" Do you know? <laughs> you convinced me I'm going to have one. I don't think I'll be getting a knock from the men in black. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, listen, lastly, we have a saying, actually, Martha Moore, who's now not with Roland Transfer anymore, but she's left this legacy, and she introduced something called Pits and Peaks. So every week... We used to finish work on a Friday early mm. and we'd go to the Ox Noble over the road yeah, yeah, and we'd have, we'd have a few drinks and we all yeah. had to go through our pits and peaks of the week. Yeah. The crap bits and the great bits. Yes. So what would you have said your pits and peaks have been for the past 12 months? Great question. My peaks have been that I've been very fortunate to legally see all the people I care about. Mm. With the exception of my mum and dad. But anyone who's close to me, I've, I've been very fortunate that within the confines of all the rules, I've been able to see everyone that's important to me. Mm. And I'm very grateful mm. for that. Hugely grateful mm. for that. Because some other people, not so much. Yeah. What is it? The, pit, the pits. The pits. The weight gain is not great. <laughs> Thank God for the Nintendo Switch Ring Fit Adventure. Because before that, I thought walking around the block was like exercise. <laughs> I'm not even breaking a sweat. Do you know what I mean? Walking around the block. You see everyone walking, you go, but you don't know how far they've gone, do you, you know? So I decided to walk my game, and I do. Twi- I try and do 20 minutes a day, which is everything now, mm-hmm. you know. The problem is with my age now is my metabolically, I am having to train just to keep a basic de- deficit mm-hmm. off. Yeah. Yeah, it's really annoying, yeah, it because is. in the old days, that would have been a, a real, it would have, would have been burning really... Wait, so I try and walk a lot, you know, and leave the car if I can, so... Or park far away. It's so funny when people park, they try and find the closest space near to the gym door, don't they? <laughs> it's so mad, that, isn't it? You think, what, what's, what's that, waiting for someone to move? It's so funny. Um, so, 
uh, yeah, that weight gain, but uh, uh, peaks, I've become a much better cook and all-round baker and a bit more, because more I was a more savoury cook, but mm, I can do yeah, a, bit a bit more, more. Bit more mm. kind of stuff. What about you, Mum? Well, I'm quite good with the hula hoop. That's my exercise. Wow. Oh, of course, yeah. Got rid of the... Well, I want to go dancing. I want to go swimming. Yeah. But all that, you know, I can't quite do that yet. But hula hoop. And I've got to Is know. it a weighted one? <laughs> oh, I don't... Uh, Some have a weight in, do don't they? they? Yeah, you have a oh, weight and it's the, the, no. a bit easier to gyrate. No. That might ha- that <laughs> might not be good for my sciatica. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think a weighted one's the way to go, I think. Maybe is they're a bit easier, I think. It's is quite it? a skill, isn't it, hula yeah. hooping? Yeah. Are they expensive? It's, and look good it's one of those things time. that some people, it's like them people that could do a, a cartwheel at school. Yeah. They pick one up and they go, they'd just do it. <laughs> That's the thing with me. I can't imagine him being bad at anything I don't love. <laughs> I love that expression. You said that last time. Yeah, I really thought that, about but, that. But, but hula hooping, I can let that go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, thank you oh. so much for joining Mum and me on We Built This City, John. My you, pleasure. You kept us laughing when uh, there's not felt. There's been well, that's good. If you have got a sense about. of humour, what better time to bring <laughs> exactly. it than, than when in these times? You know what I mean? Exactly. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, yeah. uh, it's, 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 it's great to see the funny side of things. It, it, you know it what I mean? It really is. It really is. And um, we can't wait to see you on the master builder. <laughs> and can I just say one thing at yes. the end? Um, I told my son, who lives in Jersey. Yes. That, meeting you and he knows I met you at the co-op but he just said to say to you fat blobby bastard oh big bob yeah fat bob and he just said you'd like that yes and that's one of my Uh, alter egos way back in the Paul Carr video diaries we loved it with with Steve but now we've done uh, Joe and Cheeky they're talking about bringing the people the fans say well where's Paul Carfton what's he doing now well I think in Steve's stand up Bob was killed by a failed uh, Jack, uh, uh, Mr. Clutch. I think he oh, was crushed to death. Was that happened in the end? I don't remember that. I remember the Mr. I Clutch. Seem to, I think seem to remember that Bob, uh, Steve, in one of his live shows, said that Bob, Fat Bob, was crushed oh. to death by a by a, a car at the Mr. Clutch. That's so sad. We yeah, loved we could always Fat bring him Bob. back. I always thought we could bring him back as Roberta, but uh, Bob's mum. <laughs> yes, now that would be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> in the same tracksuit. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks so much. My pleasure. John Thompson helped to build the city by understanding the importance of being a good neighbour, by having a socialist approach to his recycling, and being certain he's not been microchipped by reptilians. If you want to find out more about how you can work with us at Roland Ransfield to improve your relationships, build your values and leave a legacy, then head to rdpr.co.uk or give us a call on the number we've had for the past 25 years, 0161 236 1122. Thank you and see you next time.